Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of The Last Knock. Your friends in horror since, oh my god, it's ten years. It's been <laughs> ten years, of, almost ten years since we started doing this show. My of god. bliss, ten years of bliss. Oh my god, it's like it's like being married to your best friend. Ew. Over Skype. Yeah. And then getting stabbed because it's a horror <laughs> podcast. Checking into the Lonely Hearts Motel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's been a while since we uh, we got together um, for a podcast. And something that I know Billy and I both like to do is go through our favorite and least favorite films of each year um it's always fun to see where billy falls and where i fall um in in those selections so that's what we're going to do tonight we're going to talk about our best and worst movies or worst horror movie experiences of (laughs) Mm -hmm. 2022 um but i was guessing bill did you want to did you want to talk about anything before we get into that uh the strange (laughs) doings on social media i don't know yeah well we know twitter's like a clusterfuck right now you know you get rid of 7500 employees and you act bizarre as an owner yeah. you know weird shit's gonna happen but nah like the horror community man used to be pretty you know gelled pretty tight and really cool and open and positive and it's like yeah i hate that movie but you like it that's cool yeah and it hasn't been that way for a while but um what i'm really noticing now is like I think horror fans have gotten used to mediocre films. Ah, okay. And it's like, oh man, that movie was good. It's like, no, no, it wasn't good. (laughs) And, and you could only say it's good that it wasn't excellent because you know, it's not excellent. And you're like, it's like, we're almost like, like, like gutter kids looking for scraps. And it's, oh, I got a scrap. You know, it's like, nah, man, let's go back to, let's demand that, you know, these, morons in Hollywood um, and anywhere else, you know, independent filmmakers, even it's like, bring out your best, man, come up with something new. Um, Yeah. Do something because it's like the same old, same old. I, you know, I've watched, I'm up to 3,189, you know, horror films on my massive list here. Mm -hmm. And it's like seeing it. I could compare this movie to like 20 others, you know, and it's like, that's not a good thing. You know, it's like, right right uh i don't if i want to see the same old same old i'll take the original and put it in you know the the dvd player or cue it up on my youtube or whatever you know just um well yeah i agree with that bill it takes an awful lot to uh you know make a good movie of any genre Mm -hmm. when you know you're getting all these ingredients from other places kind of you have to really have a special mix to turn it into something new and distinctive. Um, and I, and I think those movies exist. Um, but, but I think, you know, you're right. There is a lot of, um, oh, I'm not going to call out a certain streaming service. Cause I liked a bunch of stuff that they uh, put out last year, but I was like, you know, uh, a recent movie that I reviewed for crash palace that I am just baffled that people like, and I'm like, <laughs> what? what is this? Is this some sort of pre-release hype train that people are getting on and they convince themselves that mm-hmm. we, we, we're going to love this movie. Even if we don't love it, we're going to say we love it because we're so hyped about it. I don't really, 
I don't know. I kind of don't relate to the online culture of, of hype. Um, I think, and I mean, I think sort of saturating yourself, um, with, with pre-release stuff. And there's more of it now than ever because of the reach of, of social media. Um, you know, whereas, you know, back in the old days, uh, us old folks, you know, looked in newspapers and saw ads for movies and, you know, stuff like that in, in those old days. Um, in, the old, in the old days. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's really weird to, uh, and I mean, maybe this is me saying I'm, I'm an old man because it's, that's not how I grew up and I'm less and less interested the older I get in knowing more and more about a movie that's coming out. Cause I want to, yeah. ex- I want to experience it to, you know, I want to go in fresh. No, I, I agree with you. That's why I don't look at anything. Like I hate going to a movie theater and watching a movie and seeing all of these previews. Oh yeah. But I'm usually sitting there going up. Oh, don't need to see that one. It was a five <laughs> minute freaking preview. They just laid out the whole plot or like, Oh, can't wait to miss that. Cause it clearly sucks, you know? Um, and that's, yeah, it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. So we, we will, uh, we, we will get to the stuff that, uh, that, uh, we did not like. Um, yeah, but briefly. let's yeah let's so let's maybe start off with the positive bill and you know we talked about just uh, we each picked five films and we were going to go from our number five work our way up to to a number to our number one which uh, might be the same one for both of us so, yeah i think it is so billy won the coin toss off mike so i'm gonna let him go first with his <laughs> number five pick oh man actually it's um Oh my gosh, I have to get the English title. Um, Valley of the Dead is my uh, first one Okay. Um, from Spain. And it's an interesting take on like, a, you know, a zombie film, but during the Spanish Civil War. Hmm. So it was really cool because you have these opposing factions, which, you know, did exist and they're fighting each other and they're, and they're like, oh, now we have a bigger threat. You know, Johnny and I were talking about something similar before the show began. <laughs> and it's interesting because it's action, it's adventure, it's horror, little tongue-in-cheek humor here and there. Um, it was it was very entertaining, very solid, uh, cool characters. Some of them weren't developed as much as they could have been, though. And the third act, the very very end, I was like, why did they do that? Um, you know, one of those deals. <laughs> but wonderful acting, great special effects. Uh, really a, a solid story overall, you know, good art, you know, character arcs and all of that fun stuff, okay. you know, between communists and fascists and anarchists and like, wow, it's like, oh, that's a zombie. We got to kill it. All right, fine. You know, like <laughs> it was great, um, you know, and what camaraderie means and what friendship means and that old saying like war makes for strange bedfellows. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, your back's up against the wall. The person you hate, despise the most in life is your new best friend, you know? And so I really love those elements to it. Um, a lot of fun. If you, if you want something that's fun, break out the popcorn, drink a little bit, check this one out. (laughs) So it's not too heavy a film bill to watch. If, if, if you're in the mood for just something that's entertaining. Yeah. Valley of the dead. Yeah. Not, not, not heavy fun. It's like, Oh, this is, this is good fun horror, you know? Um, are, are there any uh, recognizable faces or uh, behind the camera, or is it just kind of un- lesser-known folks? Well, it was directed by Alberto de, de Toro and Javier Ruiz Caldera. Um, 
uh, or a Carrito. Garrido is in it. Um, okay. Luis Caleo. Uh, I probably know them from something that I just, yeah. And you know, because it's, you know, it's a period piece and they're wearing different things, you know, it, but it was just, it was solid. I mean, it's like, I wish they, I'm glad I saw it. I'm really glad it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Okay. That's cool, man. Cause I don't think I've even heard of that one. Well, you did now, Johnny. Oh, I'll have to look for it. Yeah. Yes. So, um, taking back something I said about a certain streaming service earlier <laughs> in the show, um, I literally didn't come up with my number five pick until I was like talking with Billy before we actually started recording. Damn. That's how, that's, that's how I, I pretty much had my uh, top four laid out, but it was the, the fifth one that was like, oh, it could be between mm-hmm. one. It's like a dozen movies vying mm-hmm. for number five. And I'm going to pick. Uh, Charlotte Colbert's film She Will Hmm. and this is an interesting movie that stars uh, Alice Krieg um, from from Ghost Story, Gretel and Hansel and she was what on Deep Space Nine I think too. Yeah she's amazing man a lot of depth yeah, she's really good in this one too because she's she's playing an aging starlet um, who's had a double uh, mastectomy Mm mm-hmm um, and we're not sure what's, you know, we're not sure entirely what's happening. She has a caregiver with her, uh, played by the wonderful, what's her name? Kota Eberhart. Um, mm. and they're going on a trip to sort of this like wellness retreat. Um, uh, I forget where exactly it is, but it's sort of set back in the woods, uh, somewhere, somewhere in Europe, um, to sort of, for her to recharge, uh, sort of recharge herself get back to recover get back to quote-unquote normal mm. but there's all this strange intrigue because there's this uh it was like there's allusions to this transgression that happened to alice Krieg's character years like decades prior to this and it involves a certain director who was played wonderfully by malcolm mcdowell oh. um, yeah and this is a really good movie bill i I would recommend it to you um, because it feels like it exists in the St. Maud universe. That, um, that's awesome. This has actually been on my to watch list for quite some time. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, at first when I started watching, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a little like St. Maud because you have the, uh, mm. you know, you have the actress, uh, aging actress caregiver relationship going mm-hmm. on, but it doesn't go in the, the St. Maud direction. It goes to different places. Um, and the acting is fantastic. Mm. Um, and yeah, the direction by Colbert, um, and she co-wrote the script with, uh, Kitty Percy is, is fantastic at well as well. It does, uh, some interesting new things with kind of old genre tropes and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great powerhouse performance in the film. It's very nuanced and subtle, but it's very powerful at the same time. So I was like, I, you know, I still think about this and it's been a, probably a month or so since I watched it. So that's a, that's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> that's a damn good sign right there, man. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I think a memorable movie. Um, I tried, um, I, I recommended it to our friend, Greg Palco. Uh, he <laughs> was not quite as taken with it, but he at least gave it a shot. So yeah, you know, Palco of Palco <laughs> Designs, you know, we, we talk once in a while, uh, well, we talk all the time, but mm-hmm. like, it's interesting how once in a while we'll all three of us will love a movie 
And it seems like it has like there's similarities to something else and two will hate it. One will love it. And, yeah. you know, um, um, yeah. So I think that's, it's really interesting. Cause I, I think we all can't really figure each other out. <laughs> I, I think, I think, that, yeah, I think that's, I think that's why we stay friends is because yeah, we just don't know where, where the other two are going to fall on it. And I think it's funny because, you know, we went to Palco's place and mm -hmm. it's like all three of us love St. Maud, but I'm like, Palco, you yeah. of all people, why do you love St. Maud based on the stuff you collect, you know? And it's just, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah and then I said, well, you should check out the wind, you know, if you like that, you know, and it, it, mm -hmm. he looks at the wind. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, fuck man. <laughs> like, I don't get it. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hate artsy films. And then it's like, yeah, but you like that thing, man. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, where it does not compute. Yeah, yeah I, well, I can't explain why I like some stuff either. Sometimes, you know, but um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to come up with like a real reason for you gotta, it. You got to feel it in your loins. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, like I felt. <laughs> this is that's this is my um, Good segue. segue yeah. yeah, I felt this one in my loins. Pearl. Oh yeah, my like I'm like you know what. I, I was like, yeah, Mia Goth, and now like I'm totally fucking in love with Mia Goth, you know, like, <laughs> fuck, you know. I know some people didn't like X, mm -hmm. Palco. I think you couldn't get past ten minutes. Wow. I think you fucking hated it. I, I, I yeah, I didn't care for it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Okay, that's fine. I enjoyed it, and I, I could explain why, but you know, um, but Pearl. And the way it just felt and what they did, what Ty West and company did with bringing this, you know, mm -hmm. to the screen and, um, yeah, the feel of it. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, just the way she acted. It, she was just so incredible. I'm a star. It was, you can't, <laughs> you can't do this to me. I'm a star. Oh my God. But like, it's like when she said it, when she yells star, it's like, you were like, I, I like shrugged. Like I was like ducking from being a hit, you know, because yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, God I, think, I, I think, I think I was sinking into my seat at the theater during yeah. that, during, during the talent competition or the audition. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And inadvertently Ty West ends up creating one of the most r r memorable endings because oh. she smiles and instead of freezing it, he doesn't yell cut for three fucking minutes. And yeah. she's maintaining this twisted, horrific smile. She cries. She's like, her muscle, you can tell she's like dying. You can tell she wants to murder Ty West. And yeah. it's, but it's like so perfect because it adds to her like ultra extreme lunatic character. Oh, yeah. It's, the, it's, it's that crazy, just that crazy... Wide-eyed, grin from ear to ear, just, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, man. You know, Smile might be one movie, but this Smile was something else. And, uh, <laughs> Two different types of smiles. Yeah, man. definitely. Yeah. Uh, very entertaining, uh, fun, um, yeah. sad in so well, many ways. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, she's, yeah, not to interrupt, though. No, nah, go he, ahead. He's created a really... Uh, you know, I, I didn't care much for X and this one is like really a 180 from X. It's a different time mm -hmm. period, um, different, totally different visual aesthetic too. the colors. Just yeah, yeah, pop yeah. In this movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a different approach. It's, it's like, you know, uh, that there's a great 
scene um, near the in the third act where basically Mia Goth is just he holds the camera on her again while she mm-hmm. delivers this several minute monologue yeah, of, right. of of too much information to this one character. Yep. And it is just, oh, my God, I'm just like I was just captivated, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. For that, because I was like, she is so invested in this character, and obviously Ty West is too, and that that makes this work. Yeah. Oh, it really does, and I am looking so forward to the next installment. Maxine. Um, Maxine, yes. You know what I hope, Bill? Is uh, yeah. It, I hope they... Uh... <laughs> I hope they actually film that like on VHS or something and release it to theaters in like crappy VHS quality, because that seems to be the implication is that it's in the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd be, I, I, I would love it if Ty West did something totally different with the aesthetic of that too. But I have a feeling that probably won't get past a 24s uh, um, QC. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. But um, yeah, Pearl was a uh, pearl was a pearl, man. Pearl was yeah. a peach. Absolutely, yeah. That that one was in the running for my number five. So, all right. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. Okay. All right. My number four is you know people bitch about uh, oh why isn't there any original horror these days? Why isn't <laughs> there any original genre fare these days? Well, I got a movie that was like what 20, 30 years in the making. It's a stop motion animation film from Phil Tippett called Mad God. Fuck, man. What the hell? Have you seen Mad God, Bill? No. Oh, my God. You need to see Mad God. Uh, Apparently. I'm just going to keep saying Mad God. I know. Just love it. (laughs) Well, okay. All right, then. I I thought you did see this one. Well, uh, basically, uh, Phil Tippett is the guy who did uh, uh, visual effects work, I believe, on the the Terminators and uh, RoboCop, among other places. Um, So he's had a long history in the uh, effects department. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, don't quote me, I forget how long this film was in development, um, but it's really a labor of love from this guy. It's no, no dialogue just stop motion animation and there's there's just some uh, live action intercut within within it um and probably some digital um digital work as well but it really is kind of a throwback to uh you know the stop motion animation film but it's very bizarre uh very you know frequently grotesque and disgusting um it's full of wildly designed creatures that feel like sometimes they stepped out of a scary stories to tell in the dark book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just this very bizarre trip where you follow this gas masked uh, protagonist who's tasked with uh, finding something. Um, and it's just, it's just grotesque. There's blood and gore all over the place. There's things getting squashed, you know? Wow. <laughs> like like pumpkins or whatever and it's just so weird uh, that it really has mm. its own internal logic so you're kind of that's it's, cool it's kind of miraculous you know to tell a story in this you know to make a choice to not use any like spoken dialogue there's plenty of sound effects and noises and there is a score but to to tell something in this way in 2022 
and and to have the viewer be able to sort of gel with it and mm-hmm. sort of hook into its rhythm i think that's a great achievement um you know this this did pop up um on shutter i think you can still watch it on shutter but my uh the midtown cinema where you and i went a couple years ago to watch bmw mm, yeah um they got it in for a week and I, I actually went out to see it in on the big screen after i'd seen it on um shutter and i was like so glad i did because it was awesome to see it on a screen much bigger than my tv it's just a, mm. it's, a, it's an enormous adventure it's it's a big experience it's just full of weird imagery that you know, I can't really point my finger and say, well, oh, Phil Tippett lifted that from The Thing or Alien or something like that. It's right. its, own, it's its own monstrous, beautiful beast of a movie, and I highly recommend people check it out. That's awesome. And again, I went to write it down on my to-watch list, and it's already there. Um, uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. But it, <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of the live-action film from South Korea 2014, Mobius, which is absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. like, like I'm 40 minutes in, and I'm like, hey, whoa, there's no dialogue. Like, I didn't even, like, notice, you know what I mean? I was just so enraptured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, the best that's what the best movies do is you don't you know if you're sitting there thinking about it that means the director's trying too hard or he's trying he's trying too hard to convey that um, mm-hmm. so yeah when it's seamless like that that's really impressive oh yeah definitely yeah. and um yeah all right we're gonna move on um this movie has two titles i think one's in the, the american title probably because they're like oh they won't get it um <laughs> <laughs> okay it was called Eight for Silver, and it's better known as The Cursed. And um, okay. it's a fantasy horror film. Um, takes place in 19th century France. There's some weirdness going on in a small village. And uh, a pathologist, and this is what I really like. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a pathologist. You know, he comes to investigate and help. And uh, it stars uh, Boyd Holbrook. Oh yeah, yeah. And Kelly Riley. Oh yeah. yeah. I like I like them both. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um directed by and written by Sean Ellis. And um the first act was really, really solid. I really, really loved it and enjoyed it. Second act was still good. They did a mix of um of uh you know physical effects and CGI. Mm-hmm. They developed a great story, interesting, great feel, um, oppressive atmosphere. Um you know, really interesting about these people who have it all and like something's going on that's not cool. And um, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it because I, I like Sean Ellis. You know, he did The Broken from 2008, which I think is amazing. I really oh, love okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, but in the third act, like there were some things that were happening that like, eh, you know, so it didn't. I was hoping I was like, oh, this could end up on my best of list. And, and then it sabotaged itself. Uh, but, okay. but it was, right. but it was still good enough, you know, still strong enough to get on this list. So I don't want to tell you what particular subgenre of horror it is, um, because that'll give it away. But, uh, if you, if you like that, you know, a period piece horror, um, from the good old days and, uh, seeing what hell people go through and if they survive it with a pathologist as your, um, hero, Mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe. 
Um, <laughs> you know, this is one to check out. Bill, I know you're a stickler for certain uh, uh, certain things like police procedure and yeah. uh, movies. Did you feel like they did a good job with, I take it you thought they did a good job with the pathologist character then? Yeah, I really did. I thought it was in- interesting because it was at the time where it's like, you know, the pathologist, a man of science. And it was like, what do you do again? You know, it was like, <laughs> you know, what? How could you discern this from that kind of thing? Which I, I really enjoyed how they were, you know, doing everything. Um, so it was cool in that regard. Yeah. And you know what, Bill, it took me a second, but, uh, I, I know what movie you're talking about and I won't, uh, mention the subgenre either, but I think it came out like really early in 2022. Yeah. This time last year, February. Yeah. It was, it was one of those early year releases. And I think I, I was considering checking it out. Um, but I was like, oh, this is usually when they dump the bad stuff. And uh, then, well, then I started hearing good stuff about it. And now, you know, I'm hearing it from you. So I might because uh, I'd forgotten about it. So now I might make a point to check it out. All right. You yeah. do that. Well, sometimes in a horror movie, the uh, landscape is littered with my number three movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes. Oh, you seen this one, Bill? I loved it, man. I was laughing my ass off. Oh my god. Well, you know, I saw this in the I saw this in the theater with really no idea what it was about. Um the um <laughs> there was a time last year when I was uh, my uh, girlfriend was uh, doing stuff with her family um and I was going off for a couple of hours to just do stuff by myself before meeting up with them again. Mm-hmm. So I'd often go and just check out a matinee of a random movie. And, you know, I'd heard a little bit about this one. I saw the poster with like the, you know, everybody has the glow rave necklaces on. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Pete Davidson's holding a machete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I have no idea. I don't know what bodies, bodies, bodies means. Um, I didn't realize it was like a party game. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah, and I, I, I went into this really blind and not knowing anything about it. And I got to tell you, <clears throat> with so much you know, Bill, you were talking about trailers with so much getting ruined for you out there. It's kind of amazing that I didn't somehow see something that tipped me off to what this might be about. So I was cold for this and I was like, man, this is really well directed. It's uh, by a uh, Helena rain, I believe. Yeah. Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Rain. And it's just this simple, kind of almost Agatha Christian conceit of just people gathering at this isolated house up on a mountain. And it's a bunch of sort of social media, very online social media types who are in their early twenties or late teens, just this kind of spoiled brat contingent converging from this party. You know, there's drugs. There's an older guy played by Lee Pace. Yeah. There's Pete Davidson, who I think is hilarious um, in the movie. Um, and you you got some weird characterization going on. There's mm-hmm. It's weird because it's like it could have been a really obnoxious film about kind of vapid, self-absorbed social media types. Right. But I'm like, no, this is this is really good. Yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of like how the irritating nature of the character kind of characters it kind of ping pongs back and forth, like where you're with somebody and then you're against them, and there's just kind of this back and forth that I really liked about the movie. It, yeah, the banter, the interchange, the, and the oh, words yeah. that they were using. It's like they were up on the latest 
lunatic BS shit in our culture and throwing it left yeah. and right. And it was just, they were nailing it. It was fantastic. I really loved it. It, it actually should have been in my top five. It was, I for some reason, I, I don't know. I I'm, I should have had it in there. but No, no that's okay. Because it, it was like, I saw it and I was like, when it gets to when it gets to the end, and I'm not gonna say anything about yeah. it. I am like, oh my god, this movie is like the. <laughs> I just, I just, I just loved it, and I couldn't get it out of my head for so long after watching it. Um, just it, it did so much right where a lot of other films go really wrong in depicting mm-hmm. social media and yeah. sort of the youth culture of today. It's depicted in. You can tell it's written by older men or people who are just totally outside of that world and they don't get it. Um, (laughs) And I think this movie gets it to the point where it's very damning towards most of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's perfect. And the thing is, um, Rain just, she does a great job of, okay, there's a moment when the power goes out and the house is dark. And the, the darkness in this movie is so like lit by a cell phone, so effective. Yes. And, and I was like, oh my God, like the shadows, the rainstorm outside. Oh, it was perfect. It, so much of it works so well, you know, and it's like a repurposing of older kind of conceits and horror, mm-hmm. you know, the, it was a dark and stormy night. And yeah. They, they just run with it in this really new, fresh and exciting way. Great score by a disaster piece as well mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, great, great acting. Oh yeah. All around just a lot of, it's an unexpected good time with a lot of shocks running through it. So yeah. Yeah. I really, really loved the hell out of it. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a good surprise. It really oh, yeah. was. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you get a chance to get the DVD and you see the behind the scenes, it's great. And I like Pete Davidson. He's, so, he's like, well, in the movie, I play a dick, which wasn't a stretch. And I was like, and I was like yeah. yeah, he is he is such a douche in that movie. But I, I kind of loved his presence as a douche. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So what do you think of uh, director Helena? Uh, I, could, I didn't understand a word she said, but whatever. <laughs> you know, he was great. Yeah. <laughs> <It was, laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, me and, my, me and my girlfriend, uh, we we uh, sometime last year, I think we went down a rabbit hole of like SNL clips with him, and we were just like laughing our butts off. So yeah, yeah, I always loved him. Um, yeah, King King of Staten Island. If you haven't seen it, it's like probably the best movie I've seen in fifteen fucking years. Oh my god, then I'll have to see that. Brilliant, now. absolutely yeah. brilliant. Okay. I was so shocked, I almost fell off the couch. Um, okay, well, you know. Star favorite stars, you know, coming into play with this next one. Um, it was a real happy surprise because, you know, there was that buzz thing again, that hype thing. And I saw a couple of images. I think I saw actually a trailer in a theater and I'm like, this could go two ways. This could either be <laughs> g- good. It's not going to be better than good or it's going to really, really suck. And mm-hmm. I was wrong because it was really, really great. And oh, um, right. the black phone. Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really loved it. I was really impressed with what they did in regard to like the John Wayne Gacy kind of, you know, serial killer thing. And it's like, well, let's do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Let's still give that period feel to it. Yeah. And um, 
And it was really interesting because there was a couple of times where it's rare that a horror movie makes me jump. It's like, oh, here's the jump scare coming up. Oh, there it is. You know, it's like whatever snooze. And yeah. they, they got me a couple of times with this one, which was really good. But <laughs> what I what I loved about it is this was directed by Scott Derrickson and, you know, kids in movies. And these kids were great, man. The kids yes. were great. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, like you've never seen him before, mm-hmm. you know, for real. Um, it was a really good story. It was solid. Um, and it was, it was one of those where it was great because one of the things I hate about horror movies, if it has a kid in it, 99 times out of a hundred, nothing's going to happen to that fucking little shit kid. Right. In right. this one, no stuff happens. And you know, so it was, it's so, bad stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like, oh geez, this kid going to make, you know, is this kid going to make it? Of course he is. It's like, oh man, is he really going to make it? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so I really enjoyed that element of it. It, it was like a tight thriller. Oh, you yeah. Know? And um, the way they filmed it, um, the masks, the uh, the suspense, they had great suspense buildup in that, which so many horror movies lack now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, I thought it was really entertaining and it lived up to, it lived up to the hype. Yeah, Bill, you know, that was that was another one I went to the theater to see on one of those Saturdays where uh, my girlfriend was off doing something with her family. Mm-hmm. And that was another one where it was like, I really didn't know much about it. I knew it was based off of a Joe Hill story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I was kind of, uh, eh, it's Blumhouse. Eh, Scott Derrickson uh, sort of has an uneven track record, I yes, think. Yes. Um, <laughs> uneven is a good way of putting it. Yeah, and I'm like... And I'm like, well, and, and then it starts and I'm like the music and sort of the washed out grainy 70s look to it, which I think is really, mm-hmm. from, I, I think the uh, era is, it doesn't feel like it's just like, hey, it's a, it's, we're setting it in the 70s just because we can. There's a more, there's a greater sense of danger, I think, permeating this film because, yeah. you know, there's the sense that, well, you know, kids used to be able to just go out, ride their bikes and, you know, Hey, you know, just as long as you're back by dark kind of thing, yep. you yep. know, parents really trusted. Uh, and even back when I was growing up in the the late eighties and early nineties, that's how it was. You know, it wasn't quite this uh, obsessive. We got to stay in touch culture. I mean, because you couldn't have that because we didn't have phones in our people didn't have phones in their pockets back in the seventies. Um, but yeah, I really, yeah, I really like this, you know, great sense of danger, uh, great mm-hmm. sense of, uh, you know, the, the characters are developed like really fast and you get a feel for who they are. Yeah. Really quickly. It was, that, yeah. that was so well done. Yeah. And like you said, though, the, the performances by the kids and the grownups, I mean, Jeremy mm-hmm. Davies is a, you know, drunk dad, you know, and abusive father. And Ethan Hawke is like you said, is fantastic as you've never seen him before. Um, yeah, I just I had I really liked the the movie and I thought it really stuck the landing uh, really well. So yeah, it it did. And again, if you get a chance to see the behind the scenes, you know, in the interview Ethan Hawke, the, those are great moments. You know, uh, about his experience on set and you know what he had to do. And he's just it's like after after listening to him, you're like, man, I would work with him any day of the week. You know. He- yeah, I've liked him for a long time. Same I feel, here. And I feel like uh, they used to put him down a lot in his early career. He's just kind of another sort of a himbo character. But Yeah, you know, I never I, felt that. I always liked him. 
No, I think he's like just getting better with age, like in the roles he's picking and just in his terms of his performance quality, too. I mean, fucking have you seen First Reformed, Bill? The performed? First Reformed, uh, the Paul Schrader film. Oh, did I? I don't think I saw it because I don't think I could take any more religious shit in my life. Oh, okay. Well, if, if, if you want to see a great Ethan Hawke performance, you can check that out. Yeah, I heard it was, and I'm like, I just can't. That's fine. I know it's great, and I, I think you would like it if you saw it. But All yeah. right. All right. I'll keep that in mind. But <laughs> I also get where you're coming from with the, the just got to cut religion out. Yeah. I, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> All right. So my number two movie is... Dun, dun, dun. Watcher. Um, this is a film that yeah I watched near the end of the year. Haha. Uh huh. That was that was funny. Uh, clever. Follow my Twitter for more clever puns. Um, <laughs> Follow my Twitter for more hatred. That's another one on my to watch list. Saved or Jesus Christmas man. Yeah. This and and I was really in, I was yeah. really interested in checking this one out um, because of the premise, which I knew going in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it stars uh, Micah Monroe from mm-hmm. It Follows and The Guest, um, among other places. And she's basically she's married to this guy played by Carl Glusman, and they move into a foreign country and into this like high rise high rise apartment, tall ceilings and everything. But Micah starts to notice in the building across the way there's someone that appears to be sitting in their window watching her Mm-mm-mm. and she develops this increasing sense of paranoia that uh, maybe the person watching her has something to do with uh, some disappearances slash murders that are happening within this city um yeah it's directed by chloe okuno and she does a fantastic job of making every single frame of this movie count towards something mm-hmm. Um, I was really, I was really spellbound by this film, um, really taken with it. Um, the sort of interplay of characters and how they come in and out of the movie is fantastic. Uh, the performances really, really good stuff. Um, and she also captures that dislocation of, okay, Micah is an American and she doesn't really speak the language where she's at. So there's this kind of struggle with Mm -hmm. her just trying to understand and communicate with people what she's trying to communicate, um, which sort of adds to the tension as well. It's Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh shit, I'm in danger. How do I get someone to, to understand me so they can do something about it so they can help me. Right. Um, And I really love that aspect of the film. Beautiful looking, and I wrote in my Letterboxd review that I would place this movie um, alongside uh, Polanski's Apartment Trilogy uh, in terms of in terms of the paranoia and yeah. how, it, how it made me feel paranoid and unsettled and uneasy. That is like that is like so my wheelhouse is to feel unpleasant like that. But um, I, I just love it when a movie can just make you feel that unsettled and watcher mm-hmm. really did that for me. So awesome, man. Definitely a film that's more suspense and character over, you know, gore. But if you appreciate like, you know, atmosphere and suspense, I, I think it's, you know, the best choice of 2022 in that, in that regard. 
Well, I think no suspense, no horror. So, yeah, good point. I you could have all the jump scares you want, but if you're not, if there's nothing like leading up to it, and you're just barraged, it's not going to do anything. Dread, dread counts for a lot. Dread, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I am the law. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot me, Carl Urban. <laughs> you amazing Judge Dread, you. He was so Bill, awesome in that. Bill, Bill, judgment time. <laughs> Ah, not again. Um, <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I'm going to mention my number one, but I think we're both going to talk about it because I have a funny feeling, Johnny, that we have the same number one. I have a strange feeling as well, Bill. Yeah, well, you know, we're just men, so. Uh, men is what we are. Yes. <laughs> Do we want to be after watching this movie? Do we want to be? associated with men do you do, do you want to be human after watching this movie is my question all i know is rory kinnear gives one of the most incredible performances wow <laughs> like i'm like they should just fling an oscar across the atlantic to that guy for this thing and you know he'll never be mentioned um, talk, yeah talk about uh talk about range with him oh my yeah. god yeah. Just it, it's uh, amazing and, and uh, beautiful. Um, directed by Alex Garland, written by Alex Garland, and again, the behind the scenes are amazing mm. to hear him and what he has to say and what he was trying to do, and yeah. all the great stars that came together to make it work, like Jesse Buckley. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody associated this with this was so damn good, and in so many ways, you know, Papa Esadu, mm-hmm. and um. And it was really, um, it, it, it is art house, it is atmosphere, but it was also suspenseful and it also had elements of dread and the dark was dark and yes. the special effects, the combination that they did of physical effects and some really rock solid CGI. Oh, yes. There yeah. was like no way around. And he even knew, Alex Garland said, I know, make or break. And I just had to trust these people doing the CGI and I don't, you know, that whole team needs to be hired by everybody because I keep seeing crap CGI, but these people nailed it every time. Yeah. And it's really cool how the movie goes because it starts in a bizarre way. Mm-hmm. And then it's like normalcy. And then – and it's funny because people, one of the complaints about it is there's this – I'm not giving anything away here. Yeah. There's a scene where she's singing and there's an echo. Yes. And like the echoes don't work like that and i'm like dipshit motherfucker (laughs) this is the key element of showing reality turning into a bizarre horrific fantasy don't you see that this is the turn she's walking through a fucking tunnel man don't you get it i was just gonna say yeah yeah dipshits and um oh and and then after that it's like oh and uh damn um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's so thematically heavy too in, in so many ways mm-hmm. and it's so interesting to see Jesse Buckley's character transform to at the end and I can't tell you how you know she's she it she's very different from how she was in the beginning of the movie yeah but yeah. it's just wild the arc and mm-hmm. um and those uh, again Rory Kinnear man the way he could bring it and man the lights, lights on, lights off. Two oh, different God. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I was just glued to this thing and I watched it and I was like stunned. And again, it stayed in my head for weeks. Mm-hmm. I told my friend at work who's a literary um, 
Master uh, Alistair Timms, the wonderful gentleman, mm-hmm. and uh, he loves folk horror because this also falls in the folk horror very much so. Oh yeah, and yeah. um, and he watched it. He was like, "Oh man!" He was like totally mesmerized. So, um, he's Welsh, so that that's good. You know, it's like a movie from uh, you know, oh, yeah, <laughs> the UK turned out to be like stamp of approval. Yeah, like oh, I guess it really was damn good. Um. <laughs> Just such a riveting story, and even though sl- even when it was slow, it, it and this is the this is the important thing about horror. Even when it was slow, it wasn't slow. It was suspenseful. There's a yes. difference. There is an absolute difference, and and that house, man, holy shit, yeah, you know the, the age of it and like moving through it. It, it was almost uh, maze like in a way, and. Man, well, that that also can be a metaphor as well. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Bill, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, again, this was another movie I saw in the I saw in the theater. I all, all I knew about it was Alex Garland. So I was mm-hmm. interested in seeing it because I've liked his stuff. Um, right. But, you know, I saw the poster and I was thinking to myself, it's, it's Rory. Yeah, it's Rory Kinnear with this these grotesque, this grotesque uh, dental appliance that makes him look like uh tony erdman basically mm-hmm. um and i'm like i'm like what the hell is this is this going to be alex garland's take on a uh, hashtag not all men or hashtag me too or something like i was actually thinking it was going to go in a more overtly politicized direction mm-hmm. um and as i started watching i was like oh my god this is not this is not that at all it was a clever little sort of a almost like a bait and switch in a way. Cause you kind of, I kind of went in thinking one thing and came out thinking not entirely knowing what to think of this movie because it's so, uh, it's so wild actually. Um, yeah, it is. It is wild. Um, and the, and the good thing with Alex Garland is, you know, you're going to get something different, maybe not yes. early in his career, but as he was stepping up like sunshine, I have problems with that movie from a scientific perspective, but, yeah. um, you know, there was this element of like weirdness and suspense and dread and all that crap. And it really worked well. And then of course you did dread, but ex machina. Like, yeah. Holy yeah. mother. What the hell? Like, well, damn. yeah. And, it, yeah, and it's kind of like, uh, with, uh, yeah, with ex machina and, uh, there's, there's also that sense of isolation, you know, mm-hmm. cause, cause it's like two guys and, and, uh, and an Android girl in one place out in the yep. middle of nowhere. So, yep. he, and, and, you know, this is another thing that, you know, I was saying about how I liked watcher because that's kind of the, I like those paranoid sorts of movies. And mm-hmm. an, another thing I like is where you isolate a character and just have stuff kind of happening to them mm-hmm. and, and maybe not, maybe alluding to possible explanations, but not right. giving away the ghost. I was Mm-hmm. I yeah. was so I was so on the hook with men that I was like praying, like please do not fuck it up in the last yeah, yeah, thirty yeah. seconds. I was like, please don't go, please don't go in a certain direction where it's like, you know, it, it's one of those cheap uh, cop out endings, and oh, it doesn't, no. and, and it doesn't. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you, Alex Garland. I breathed a sigh of relief when uh, the credits started to roll in earnest because I was like, you did it right, man. This is yeah. And, and again, this is an original horror movie. That's, Very. And, you know, you got uh, something else that I think is worth noting about Garland, Bill, is that uh, 
he was, I think, originally a novelist by trade. So mm, um, sense of story. Yeah, I think he has a sense of story, uh, theme, um, and just mm-hmm. he, he, he brings a literary quality to his works, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You can see that. And um, I think one of the most beautiful things about the ending is if you think about it, like the ending itself is like 20 minutes long. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it's perfect. And it's like, oh, my God. And then you're like, oh, my God, again. And then holy shit. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it doesn't stop. It's like, a, it, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's relentless. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was. It was really uh, mesmerizing. The color, sound, like every all the elements came together. Yeah, no, really it was. Did. It was good, and I and I agree with you, Bill, about his uh, use of CG. Like I was sitting there watching it, and I wasn't like, I was so engrossed, and sometimes just grossed by what yes. do by what he was doing that I was like, oh. I I know this, there's no way this can be practical. Yes, but I, I was doing I, the same thing. Yeah, I bought into the illusion so heavily yeah. that, that it didn't matter. Yeah. Because I was like, how'd they do this? And it's like, if this is digital, it's phenomenal. And Because it had to be. Because I'm like, just like you said, like, no, nah, they couldn't just do this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't look that, it wouldn't look like that if they did it practical. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't no. think they could have pulled it off. No. Um, yeah, in in a non obvious way. So yeah, it was brilliant. And uh, again, Rory Kinnear, <laughs> and he should make another movie with Jesse Buckley, man, because she's just oh, their chemistry was fantastic. Yeah, everything. And she, man, the stuff that she did in the movie, her her un, her unease in that movie is so is so palpable. I was just yeah. gonna say palpable, man. Yeah, it's like oh my god. Okay, so clearly Alex Garland when he wrote this, he experienced real trauma because this is so relating. You know, mm-hmm. it was just uh, he was hitting a nail on the on the existential head. Yeah, and it it was kind of weird seeing this in a theater with a couple of other people. Like there weren't a lot of verbal re- vocal reactions. I was kind of surprised. Hmm. I think I think the other people were a bit normal, <laughs> like not probably not typically sitting in for this sort of thing. And near the end, I think they were kind of like, I might have heard someone whisper "what the fuck" or something like that. Yeah. And was, but otherwise, I was like, I think maybe they were trying to process it the whole time, like I was trying to. So, oh man. Well, Johnny, we did the best, and now I know we're going to run through the worst. Cause... We're going to run through the worst. Maybe yeah. say a few words about our, our worst. So you want to get us I'll, rolling on? I'll, on your... I'll lead us off. Dead zone. Holy shit. Friggin' an elite team of soldiers. No, they're not elite. Um, who, to stop <laughs> the collapse of humanity. I'm, I'm reading straight from IMDb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To stop the collapse of humanity, descend on a radiation-poisoned town and perform the ultimate stealth mission using high-tech armor and weapons. What does that mean? Nothing. The movie is shit. Poorly crafted. No character <laughs> development. No, I mean, all of these, the same thing. No yeah. story. Bad this, bad that. Dumb. Like, if I was, like, six years old, I might go, wow, that was great. And then when I watched it again at age seven, I'd be like, what a stupid piece of shit. So that's how bad it is. <laughs> radio then you're um, next johnny you know I'll, I'll i'll kick an obvious one when it's down but i'll go with jeepers creepers reborn oh, oh i just watched that piece of shit the other night oh my gosh you know it's saying something that this is at number five instead of closer to number one there I are know. worse there were worse movies in 2022 about the only thing you can say about this is that it's 
officially now divorced from Victor Salva, who, uh, you know, is a very controversial figure in horror for his crimes, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can read about it online if you want to see. If you want to puke, throw it in your mouth. Yeah, what he's uh, done. So, you know, on the plus side, you don't have that anymore. But what you have in its place is a really half-assed attempt at resurrecting a character, which honestly, I, 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 don't mind the first two Jeepers Creepers films, uh, aside yeah. from, you know, who made them. But, yeah. um, but this one is just kind of, it's, it's so half-assed, um, really a lot of obvious green screen. Um, yeah. and it, it feel at the end of the day, it actually feels more like a reboot of house of the dead than it does <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh man, so you, you didn't even do a good job of bringing this character back. Um, I felt bad for the actors. They gave their all. You know, the one thing, the one thing I liked Bill, and I didn't think about this until after the movie was over, but I think the main female character, she's wearing a costume and I think she's wearing the same dress that Megan Fox wears at near the end. Jennifer's body. Yeah. Jennifer's body. I was like, that is the single most clever thing about this movie yeah. is it's referencing jennifer's body like like <laughs> like like that because that's sort of a deep cut and i was it wasn't occurring to me while i was watching it that that's what it was and i was like oh yeah she's wearing a costume but otherwise yeah it's not really not worth your time but it's pretty it's it's pretty innocuous but again that's not necessarily a good thing no yeah um and well to, to get into more evil crap garbage <laughs> crap the Privilege from Germany, oh. a wealthy teen and his friends attending an elite private school uncover a dark conspiracy while looking into a series of strange supernatural, supernatural <laughs> events. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's like Scooby do like, you know, but they're not in a van anymore. They're in a limousine. It's awful. It is hideously awful. It is pathetic, weak, trite. Just a waste of time, a waste of space, a waste of celluloid, a waste of digital dots, whatever. <laughs> it was just so awful. You hate all the kids. You want them all to die. It's like, who gives a fuck? And uh, that was that. Bill, is this a, is this like a, a bunch of Americans in Germany film or is it an actual German cast? Oh, it's German, it's man. It's German, 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 German cast. Film? Yeah, okay. German language. You know, I don't know how you say, why the fuck am I in this movie in German? But some of them, they, one of them should have yelled that out. It's Iceland Scheissen film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, Johnny. You nailed it. <laughs> uh, so, okay. My number four is, uh, hey, it sounds cool when you're a shape-shifting witch from several centuries ago you know you make a deal you know your mom makes a deal with a witch you're a do- you're her daughter and then the witch comes to take you and then the witch teaches you what she knows and you become a shape-shifting witch well yeah it sounds like an interesting plot but the movie you won't be alone is oh an God. hour and 50 minute slog through art house pretension which Ooh. i i am usually a fan of the most notable, <laughs> not the, the most, pretension part. <laughs> well, you know, I've been accused of being pretentious. So, but, uh, oh, you know, God. the most notable thing about this movie is, uh, Numi Rapace yeah. from, uh, the, uh, girl with the dragon tattoos, the Swedish, uh, films. Lamb. Yep. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, she's in this, but it's a bit misleading because she's only in it for like 10 minutes. Um, she's so smart. She got out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit of that. that it, it's really weird because it's like that bait and switching that really mm-hmm. low budget horror movies do where it's like, hey, we got we got Michael Berryman or Tony Todd or someone yeah. else, but they're only in it for five minutes. Um you know, and that's sort of, you know, you feel cheated and there's a lot of obnoxious Terrence Malickisms in this movie. Mm. Um, there's this voiceover that's like they got too close to the microphone, <laughs> like from Tree of Life. Actually, it felt like I was watching Tree of Life try to be a half assed horror movie. Oh, God, um, it it. A lot of people like this. This has got a really good critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which makes me feel more detached from the critical establishment than I already do. This was painful to sit through. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, not all art house is not art house is not necessarily code for quality in this case. Oh well, we're gonna keep it running with Run, Sweetheart, Run. Oh, glad I didn't see that then. Oh my God. I, I feel bad for uh, Ella Belinsky, Belinska, who uh, starred in it. She's great. A lot of great people in it. But I knew this movie had was in trouble because it was in production and then shelved in 2020. And mm-hmm. it wasn't shelved because of COVID. It was shelved because this sucks. What do we do? <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's pretty – Yeah. like the first act, it's like, wow, it's going somewhere. I'm buying into it. It's cool. And then it was like shifting and becoming something else. And by act three, it's like what they did – like three people have writing credits for it. And I think what they did was they Ouch. took it for the first two acts and then one of the adult screenwriters, you know, Sean Fest, who directed this stupid piece of shit – decided I'm going to give it to a child and just let them run crazy with it. And this movie takes this weird turn. You don't see anything happening in the movie. It's like they had $10 budget. Mm. So like you hear stuff, you don't see anything every time. And it's like, there's some cool stuff they could have shown. And I don't mind when you don't show me something, but make it fill it. So I could feel something. And I was just feeling deprived and it was really, really awful. And um, the ending, it was just ludicrous. It just, the more it went, the worse it got. It was just uh, like a da- like being on a runaway train going downhill with no stops. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I think I'll continue to miss that one then. Um, my number three, uh, worst of the year is a movie that, again, a lot of, a lot of critics, uh, seem to like, um, mm-hmm. and for what it's worth, it has a fantastic and dedicated central performance, but just because you pour your heart and soul into a bad script does not make a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. and that's, I think what kills me about resurrection, um, because mm. we have we have Rebecca Hall, who I love, yeah. um, you know, and stuff like The Gift, The Town, other, you know, yep. plenty, plenty of other movies. She's great. Um, and this is just like it starts off sort of in that art house territory. You're building a premise. Um, her her long estranged lover or from years ago played by tim roth and you know tim mm-hmm. roth is good too mm-hmm. um he, he comes back unexpectedly into her life to what end um what's going on with him what's going on with her and her daughter for that matter because she seems really um 
she seems really tightly wound about this guy coming back into her life. You know, I, we were talking about mm. how men really stuck the landing. Yeah. Um, and this film, I'm not going to go into detail. To me, it totally botched the fucking landing. Mm. Um, it plays to something I feel more definitive when it should have played towards something a bit more uh, open to interpretation. Gotcha. Um, and it really upset me because I was like almost having bad laughs at where this film was going in its last couple of minutes because it's so, it was so goddamn ridiculous to me. Um, and you know, some people could accuse men of doing the same thing, but men really committed to its premise. Yep. This, this was like a movie where writer director Andrew Siemens felt like he didn't, he had this premise and he didn't quite know what to, where to go with it. And he didn't quite trust where he was going with it. So it seemed like he second guessed himself. Yeah. That that's sucks. how, that's how the end of it felt to me. That's not good. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, and I know, you know, in my own writing, I can be guilty of the same thing. Like that sort of, Oh man, what if this sucks feeling, but I'm like, man, with a movie, you gotta, you gotta, pl- you gotta plow forward with that. Yeah. You gotta commit. You got to decide what you're going to do with it. Um, otherwise people are just going to be pissed off. And I mean, Rebecca Hall is great in it, but I feel yeah. like, Waste I feel like her, yeah, it was a waste of her performance and it's sad because she was a producer on it too. So she must've seen, oh. she must've seen something in it besides the, you know, the chance to sort of command this character. But I just felt like it let her down. It pretty much let everybody down. It let me down in the end. So, yeah. Well, sometimes they give an actor a producer credit just because we can't give you enough money oh, as an actor. Okay. So, okay. She, you know, if they're an executive producer, that means they contributed money to it. Oh, but as okay. a producer, that means they helped get it done. And it could have been a gift. Sometimes they do that to screenwriters as well. They give okay. the screenwriter, it's like, okay, we're not going to give you X, but we'll give you a producer credit too. It's like, okay. Oh, I wasn't aware. Oh, that's good to know. I'm not sure whether she was listed as an executive producer mm-hmm. or just a producer. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, man, talking about bad shit, man. <laughs> how's this? How's this? I'm right from IMDb. This is 2022. I'm going to read it direct mm-hmm. to you. In October... Four filmmakers disappeared in a haunted house while live streaming on social media. A year later, their footage was found. (laughs) So you're like, Bill, why the fuck did you watch that to begin with? And I'm like, because it's two in the morning. I've already spent an hour looking for bullshit on friggin' Amazon Prime, Netflix, and all this other crap. Then I discovered Tubi, which has all of this whole new wide array of old horror movies that I could see. So I'm happy. But I saw this, The Haunting of the Murder House. What a fucking stupid title. Oh, God. And yeah. um, it, that that's all I need to say. It was like, you've seen it, you've heard it, you've smelled it. It was just really hideously awful. Oh, man. Yeah. Weak, pathetic, and just... Yeah, that just that sounds like Redbox filler to me that everybody yeah, Red skip Box over. Filler. Yeah. That's a movie title. Yeah, alongside Pet Graveyard or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I seem to be I seem to be on a on a roll here with uh, films that are either art house or they have ambitions of art house. And you know, Bill, and you can probably mm. vouch for this as well. To me, the only thing worse than a movie just being bad from start to finish 
is a movie that maybe has a good first or second act that totally yeah. crashes to the ground in, in the last act. And such is the case with Travis Stevens, A Wounded Fawn. Oh, God. What a again, title. Again, you know, this is uh, this is a Shudder movie, and I was sort of excited about it because uh, I, I thought, you know, I actually thought the title was kind of intriguing because I mm-hmm. didn't know what it was getting at. And um, it stars Josh Rubin in an interesting mm. thing. He he directed uh, Werewolves Within in twenty 20- yes twenty twenty one. So it was interesting to see him actually in front of the camera um, this time. And he's good. Uh, the the other cast is good in this film, um, and the film starts out interestingly, um, you know. And I would say for maybe the first half, it's an interesting movie. I was sitting there thinking. Yeah, I like this sort of thing because I don't know where it's going to go next. Um, I can't see I can't see where it's headed. Um, and then at a certain point around the midpoint, I just feel like Travis Stevens just starts throwing weird shit at you with no regard for narrative or uh, thematic depth or coherence. Though he really tries for it, but it comes off so half-assed and the ending is so insulting I was just sitting there as like, is this, are you for fucking real? This is like a second draft script at best. This is like you literally threw a first and second act together that was pretty solid. And then you totally just threw whatever you wanted to into the last act thinking it was going to stick. And, you know, Travis Stevens did Girl on the Third Floor, which I haven't seen. Oh, oh, fucking piece of shit. But he also did uh, he also did Jacob's Wife, which I really liked with uh, Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden. Um, mm. that, oh yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. yeah, that was actually I think that's a fantastic take on uh, on the va- the old vampire story um, mm-hmm. with with two great performances. But this was just like I was just sitting there at the end, like sitting through the credits. And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me with this shit?" And it was like originally. I was going to give it a two and a half star rating, but it made me so mad by the end that I docked it a whole star. I was like, fuck you. I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you. I'm Johnny Norman. I'm having the last laugh, bitch. Yeah. This is not only the last <laughs> knock. This is the last laugh. Yeah. Get, get the pain of 2022 out of my mouth. But I just was like, you totally fucked this thing up, dude. And it's, 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 it's sad. And it's also kind of insulting because you just thought you could just waltz, waltz away without really uh doing your work and that kind of pissed me off even more so oh man geez sorry you had to experience that one yeah well my so, number one worst for the yeah. year uh it's funny because it came out in february of last year so that fits right in with your that's the shitty month for you know uh, our right um and it sounds it sounds interesting so i stuck with it six friends Start a business providing guided tours to the shooting location of the world's most famous horror film. Until they find the one spot where the horror is real. It is... It's like that could be a cool premise, but it becomes so dumb, so weak, so pathetic. People, like... It was funny because I was like, all right, is it as bad as I think? One guy was like, could anyone act in this movie? And I was like, okay, it's not me. You know, he was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, there was some really bad acting. It's stuff we've seen before, nonsensical situations. Like people, it's like when you realize you're in a life or death situation 
and you need to take action, why are you just going, what the fuck, man? And like, like running around like an idiot. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you, what is, it, what's, what's the name of the movie, Bill? Oh shit. Terror trips. Okay. Yeah. I haven't even heard of it. I wanted like, you wanted every character to die. The, <laughs> it's, the story is absolutely becomes so dumb. The uh, ending becomes dumb. Um, <laughs> why these people are killing for, you know, they have a reason and, and this and that, but it still makes no sense. It's still like, well, why would you do it this way if you're just doing it for – it was just so dumb. Uh, um, it's supposed to be taking place I think in Russia and uh, you and it shot it in the Midwest. OK. I mean it doesn't take oof, too much – doesn't uh, take too much to figure out like why it doesn't look like that. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I, didn't, I didn't know Russia had cornfields. Yeah. Well, there were no cornfields in this, but it's like <laughs> – like I'm, I'm like, eh, this is American housing. Um, you know, <laughs> it yeah. was, it was really shameful, embarrassing. It's one of those where you're embarrassed for anybody associated with it, anybody in it. Oof. And it was written and directed by Jeff Seaman, and I'll just mm. leave it at that. Bill, was this like the characters were like really just unlikable sort of thing that you wanted them to die, or was it just they were so? No, they weren't unlikable. Of course, the character I like the most gets killed first. Ah, but yeah, you know, I was really, um, it's like they weren't developed well enough and they, there were caricatures and all this stuff. So it was just like, uh, why did they, you know, I, some of the actors, some of the people did act well, but that's one man, this one guy, I'm not going to mention his name. It was just like, it was oh. sad to watch. It was like, yeah, but I don't know. Like at one point I thought he was going to burst into laughter cause he was like, I can't believe I'm in this stupid fucking movie, you know, it was of, <laughs> but oh, maybe dear. he should have. Yeah. Well, Bill, you know, speaking of unlikable characters, uh, I wrote a review of this for Crash Palace and uh, never heard of it. <laughs> and, and you know me, I think the two of us often try to like uh, just focus more on the positive stuff or, you know, expend our time uh, writing a positive review because writing a negative one just you kind of cycle you know through these negative feelings and it's like is it really worth your time in the end well in the case of dash cam yes Ooh, i, I it, didn't watch it because your, your review oh my gosh um you know we were, we were talking about how bodies 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 does extremely online uh youth culture right this film does it in a way where you want to murder your supposed protagonist for over the course of 81 punishingly long minutes mm. of, of movie. I don't really care where your political beliefs lie, but that doesn't mean I have to, you know, enter entertain them for any stretch of time. That's what the block and mute buttons are for. Um, yeah. But this is an obnoxious film made kind of with a sort of a whiff of COVID-19 mm -hmm. power paranoia oh, and Christ. you have basically this character played by annie hardy who i believe i believe that this character is probably not too far removed from how she is in reality based on what i've observed up her twitter um <laughs> but but she is a total like red red cap character you know spitting her anti-vax you know stuff whatever okay i hate this character i want her to die um but however this is one of the most incoherent looking movies I have ever seen. Hmm. One of the laziest fucking found footage movies I've ever seen. It is literally the camera whip panning, you know, 
for basically 80 minutes. You can't tell basically what a, what the fuck is ever really going on in this thing, except near the beginning when the camera is more static and under control. It, it is a total goddamn mess. It is mm. from the same team that did the similarly overhyped host two years ago. Mm. Um, but host looks like fucking apocalypse now compared to this movie. Um, this is just real emperor has no clothes sort of shit. I'm like, some critics are like, Oh, Hey, well it's fun to watch a MAGA person get, you know, whipped around and tortured for 80 minutes. But I'm like, well, not unless there's some characterization going on there, which yeah. there's not. So why do why do I give a fuck about that? Yeah, even, yeah. E- even from that that allegedly a Schadenfreude angle, I don't. It's a piece of shit. This thing has some very uh, wide ranging takes on it uh, and wide ranging uh, critical assessments but i i think it's garbage it's one of the worst things i've seen probably from the past decade honestly so i didn't hear anyone say anything good about it yeah and, I, and i'm like you know what you can put a character that i don't like in a movie and you can make me sit there for the whole movie and i can find stuff to like about it you know it all depends on how you present that character yeah um and this this was just this feels like lazy sophomore bullshit from this team um, and I, I don't, I don't care, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't give a shit if found footage, you know, if found footage was a corpse. This film just like really stuck its thing in all of its orifices to make sure it was dead. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I am, I am sick of this hype bullshit bill. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> okay. No, I'm with you completely, man. I'm with you completely. Um, I, I didn't expect to get so incensed. Talking. Yeah, I wish you'd calm down, Johnny. I mean, yeah, no cursing on the show, okay? Keep that in mind, please. <laughs> Keep it PG, man. Yeah, yeah fucking goober. Um, 70s PG, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, Johnny, I think we covered a lot of ground in one hour, 15 minutes, man. Yeah, Bill, and I and I sort of like that, except for men, we all had we had different uh, picks for the yeah. worst and, and the worst and the best. Yeah, it was, that, that, I, the first yeah, time. Was, yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, usually we have some overlaps, so mm-hmm. uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I I think we both did it. It's like you saw a movie. It's like I try to watch something else to like you know because I I covered I watched like thirty or thirty eight films from twenty twenty two. So yeah, uh, most fall in the middle, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. and we're and we're gonna do a piece on that. The top five, each of us like runners up, like you know the yeah. What didn't make our top five? Yeah. Yeah the good stuff uh that's still good still worthy you know because yeah, neither absolutely. one of us mentioned crimes of the future yeah and i and i like that one so did it, i and it just you know it's just the st- stuff like uh you know the i like the menu um i haven't yeah. seen that yet yeah but yeah there were a couple others too that was like oh they're they're good but i was like damn it was hard that 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 number five spot was the hardest one to fill for me yeah uh, but you filled it johnny I did, and I stand by it. So. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Johnny, where can people find you, and then I'll do me, or well, okay. well, if I <laughs> if I could do me, I wouldn't leave home. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, hey yo. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Johnny Num. There are no H's in those Johnnies. And hey, as of January, I decided to do the stupid thing and uh, purchase a domain. So now I have my own website, <laughs> and it's. Uh, <laughs> 
johnnynum.com. This is not necessarily, uh, I mean, I am going to review like maybe movies, streaming. I'm going to review Bill's book Bondage in the near future on the site. Um, but it's going to be just whatever I feel like, uh, you know, writing about basically, um, just uh, stuff that might be affecting me going on with me. Um, maybe some commentary on, you know, the state of art or the state of the world. If I feel like it just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be sort of a, uh, a free for all of possible topics um, Wow. and, and such. I'm not going to really stick to one, one particular thing. Um, so the yeah, many, you, the many faces of numb. I like it. <laughs> There's going to be cats too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I have a cat story or I, I want to put do. in there. So yeah. So yeah, you can, you can find me on there. Follow my, follow my writing there if you like. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's it for me, Billy. Where can people find you, man? Um, they could find me on Twitter at, uh, Crash Palace, and also for non-horror stuff that ventures into uh, my thriller novels. Yes. Kink Noir Crime Series at Noir Kink. Thank you, Johnny. Mm -hmm. And uh, CrashPalaceProductions.com for links to this show and like 8 million of reviews from Johnny, among other wonderful, <laughs> hot, right. sexy, intelligent people. We love them all, yeah. Love them all. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Bill. All right, well, buddy. Let's let's make uh, let's make twenty twenty three a better a better year then. Yay! <laughs> Man, how cheesy was that? Yeah, yeah. real cheesy. In yeah, fact, I need cheese right now. I'm hungry. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm being uh, booed off the stage right now. They're giving me they're giving me the uh... <laughs> get the hook. Get the give, hook. Giving me the hook, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Talk All to right. you later. See you, Bill. Bye. Bye.